things. Welcome to the podcast, Love and Misery. Love and Misery is a podcast that examines famous and infamous couples throughout the ages. We're your hosts. I'm Clark Forte. And with me is my co-host, the lovely, talented, and very polished. Oh, what a what an intro. Thank you. This is Mindy Forte. And um, please, uh, we're, we're happy to welcome you. And also, we would like you to reach out anytime with to us for feedback, etc. And um, you can do that at our email address, yes. right? which is love and misery podcast at gmail.com. It's love and Andy, not an ampersand. Correct. Okay. Correct. We would love uh, positive and negative feedback. Sure. I mean, all not, feedback. Maybe not so much a negative, but no, if it makes us a better podcast duo, podcasters duo i like it yep okay then we, we, we we're also on the twitter we're on twitter it's not the twitter i but know okay. i like to say that at forte f-o-r-t-e underscore clark so tweet at us yeah isn't that the right and thing? and and also you could tag people yeah tag celebrities you know like like our couple today which we're going to uh, walk through that right now. Go we're going to walk through it right now. Okay. This couple's relationship started out pretty much platonic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When they first met in 1963, she was 16 while he was 27. So, yeah, it had to be. It yeah. better have been 11 platonic. years. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was years. married. He was 11 years, but her age. I, I know, okay, but he was ahead. 11 years older than yeah, she was. But and he was married. The age that she was. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Her age trumps everything. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he was separated from his first wife. At okay. least he was separated. And at the time, he was more interested in her friend and not her. Okay. Well, her friend was probably young too, so we should... Her friend was young as well. I don't think she was... I well, think she might have been 17. Still too young. Still too young for a 27-year-old. But from the beginning, they seemed to have some kind of connection. Everyone, and in quoting, everyone just disappeared, she said. When she first laid eyes on him, she told Elle magazine in 2018, quote, he was the most unusual person I'd ever seen. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Twenty In 2018? Yeah. Oh, she told him that, but that's not when they met. Okay, go ahead. No, she told the yeah, magazine. Yeah, she was giving an interview. Yeah, 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 he was the most unusual person I've ever met. Right. I've ever seen. And though they weren't romantically involved, she was soon living with him. And right. he'd, moved, he'd moved into a nearby apartment at the moment she was kicked out of her own apartment by her roommates. And uh, what he said, she could stay with him if she'd clean the place. Mm -hmm. um, she was reluctant to return to her old home. So she agreed to I, do it. Correct. And though it had been said that she never actually tackled household chores according to her he said he wasn't attracted to her when she, they she first moved in yet in time their relationship shifted from platonic to romantic okay that's kind of nice yeah uh, but she's she still older, young no if she was mm. older okay fine let's hope let's let's hope she was okay. older anyway if you read the title of this episode then you know <laughs> who we're talking about sunny and Cher. Yes, and and this couple was uh, given, uh, per, you know, given to us uh, as a recommendation yes. by a number of our listeners that we should talk about them. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Yep. 
So let, let's let's get to the meat of the story. Yes, do it. So uh, Sonny Bono was born in Detroit, Michigan. Word. <laughs> Word. <laughs> On February 16th, 1935. He was the son of Zena Jean Di Mercuccio. That's and a pretty good name. Santino Bono. Ah, Santino. Ah, Santino. I think it's just Santo, not Santino. Oh, okay. Well, he was called were... Santino, but they shortened it to Sonny. Right. Santo was his dad's name, mm. and then they named him Sonny. Santo is different than Santino. I think you're thinking about Santino from The Godfather. I'm definitely thinking about I know Santino you are, from The Godfather. Which I... One of my favorites. I'm sure I've mentioned that in other podcasts, but okay, whatever. Go ahead. His father was born in Montalapir, Palermo, Italy. Palermo. Yeah. Okay. And his mother was also Italian. Um, She used to call him Sono. As a term of endearment. Correct. Oh, which ended up evolving into Sunny. Right. He was the youngest of three siblings. He had two sisters, Fran and Betty. The family moved to Inglewood, California uh, when he was seven. So okay. he was born in Detroit, moved to California. Mm -hmm. His parents divorced soon after, which isn't great, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Uh, Bono decided early in his life to be part of the music business. He began writing songs as a teenager. Coco Joe, in quotes was a song that he wrote at the age of 16 and was recorded by Dan and Dewey. Don and Dewey. What did I say? You said Dan. Don and Dewey, like I said. <laughs> like you <laughs> in had 19, intended to say. Like I had meant to say. Right. In 1958. And later covered, it was covered by several artists, including the Righteous Brothers. That's pretty good credit. I don't know if I've ever heard Coco Joe. I haven't. But oh, I, we should have done that. We should have listened to Coco. Okay, that's fine. I'll uh, afterwards. I'll, I'll after this. I'll listen to Coco Joe. Okay. <laughs> I just like the sound of it, Coco Joe. Well, all right. It obviously going. had some yeah. kind of ring or some kind of pop sure. to it. I don't know. Uh, Bono attended um, Inglewood High School, but he didn't graduate, opting to drop out so that he could begin to pursue a career as a songwriter and a performer. Uh, okay. He worked in various jobs while trying to break into the music business, including waiter, truck driver, construction laborer, and butcher's assistant. That would be a rough one. A butcher's assistant, right? I, I okay, guess. I'm not even going to go down that path. <laughs> well, um, they used to call him Meat Boy because he would come around shut and bring the front door and bring out some meat to all of these. What's your nickname, Meat Boy? I'm the meat boy. Oh, dang. Okay. And he would give the, oh. he would, he was up, up and down, you know, yeah. Santa Monica and yeah, up and down boy. Uh, in LA. And he was delivering meat, you know, hopefully good cuts of meat to um, okay. some of the people that worked in the <laughs> musical industry. Well, maybe that's how he, yeah, got some contacts. Hey, this guy delivered some really good cuts of steak or I don't know. Okay. Well, everyone has to start somewhere. And in an interview, uh, for The Groove, Sonny Bono said that he, one of his first big contributions to the industry was in the uh, 1960s, and it was a hit called Needles and Pins. Um, Bono penned that tune, and it was picked up by The Searchers and turned into a hit. And it became, uh, it came at a time that he had a regular job <laughs> delivering meat <laughs> along <laughs> sun, sorry, but... 
along Sunset Boulevard. Correct. His, it was his regular job, not just side job, but his solid no. job. Right. That's awesome, though. But you know what? That means he was a hustler. He was he a hustler. He wasn't afraid of hard work. No. And he wanted to get, he needed to do, to do that no, to get where I, he was going. And I mean, I respect that. I think time. Sonny gets a bad rap. I, no, he, I, he I respect He was definitely that. a hustler. And busting your buttons to do what you wanted to do, what you really want to do. Good for I him. I recall that Good for him. Needles and Pins was once um, recorded by the Ramones back oh, in the really? day. Yeah, back in the 80s oh. or maybe it was early 90s. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I do know also he'd have a new song ready to go every Monday, which is really once a week. Yeah. That's pretty big. Like it takes some impressive. artists. Yeah. It takes some artists, you know, I don't know much longer to have one hit anyway. And along with his deliveries, he'd pitch the, the song to, uh, <laughs> sorry. It's okay. He'd pitch the song to who? Who did he pitch the songs to? He would pitch into all of the, the record companies that were along his, his route oh. on, the, on the Sunset Strip. That's a good way to like multitask. Well, uh, Bono recalled that he had gotten to be good friends with some of the artists along the way, including uh, one at Specialty Records. Yes. One particular artist, he said, had just gotten a recording contract at the time when the philosophy of the company was summed up in a sign of one of the studios. Quote, everything is bunk except bunk. Oh, dang. Was that guy Sam Cooke? It was Sam Cooke. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I love Sam Cooke. I knew it because of your research. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. But it it was Sam Cooke. It was the legendary singer Sam Cooke. Yes. He he wrote songs like You you Send Me and... Send Me. That was terrible. And Only 16 and Chain Gang. Ooh, ah. Ooh, ah, we're yeah, I know on the, the chain, chain gang. That's good. Gang, okay, right? yeah, okay. You know, um, we should save our we should save our lyrical genius <laughs> to uh, a couple of these well and share things. But go ahead, keep going. It was keep going. it was a good he he was featured. If you guys know the movie Animal House, they featured a lot of Sam Cooke music, right? Don't know uh, nothing about history. That's it. Oh, I didn't know. Don't know. All right. Gosh, guys, I'm sorry. We, I have to. Can we Don't know apologize much about the French I took. took. <laughs> can we apologize <laughs> to our audience right now? This is going to be a very right. singy one, and we're not that like um, talented. Um, we're not. We're not so bad. I mean, well, there's people that there's, are worse. Wow, that's quite a resume. <laughs> People are worse, but I'm just letting you know. Okay, go ahead. Bono later would end up working for famous recorders such as Phil Spector in the early 1960s. Do you know who Phil Spector was? Wasn't he just he uh, like prosecuted for murder? Well, he created. No, is that true? That is true. Isn't that the thing we saw? He, in like yes, he created what what's something? called the Wall of Sound. Okay, but wasn't he recently? Yeah. Okay, just, yes. just checking. Yes, I have some notes about Phil. Oh, okay. He killed actress Lana Clarkson. That's terrible. And was convicted. Yeah, uh, we watched a He would wear these show. crazy wigs during his trial, including a huge afro one day. And then like Remember the, that one? Yeah, and the blonde Al Pacino. Weird. Yeah. Yes, Al Pacino played him in a movie. Al did uh, three right. HBO movies that I was aware of. He did Phil Spector. Convicted for murder. Yeah. Kevorkian. That guy's not a also, good guy. Also, I think, convicted for murder. Not a good guy. <laughs> and Joe Paterno. 
right? All right. Where... Okay, I know. Okay. We're we're really digressing. We're too digressing, much. but that's okay. Keep, no, no, no. no, no. They need to hear this. Specter died in jail. Okay. In January of 2021, mm, at the age of 81. Okay. Um, and they said it was potentially COVID related. So, yeah. anyway, I have no pity. <laughs> no pity. I was a murderer. During these lean days or the salad days, Bono um, started dating Donna Rankin in the early in early 1954, and after six months. They were married. This was his first wife. Wow. On November 3rd of that same year. The marriage lasted seven years and produced a baby girl, Christine, before the divorce in May of 62. The following year would be when Cher would come into a coffee shop in Hollywood and meet her future husband. Now let's talk about Cher. Cher was born Sherilyn Sarkeesian in El Centro, California, on May 20th, 1946. Her father, John Sarkeesian, was an American, Armenian-American truck driver with drug and oh, drug and gambling problems. Yeah. Not the best. And her mother, Georgia misery. Holt, who was born Jackie Jean Crouch, is a former model and retired actress who claims uh, Irish, English, German, and Cherokee an- ancestry. Which I would say that makes sense because Cher has such an interesting like look. Very interesting, right? Look. Very, and it's uh, you can't say it's one, you know, background. She's yeah. So that's she has a very interesting, no, uh, yeah, really um, like um, amazing signature look. And you know, she sang her... some songs that dealt with that ancestry. Oh, um, Cherokee, Cherokee. Woman, oh yeah, absolutely. Cherokee, woman, and and they were or whatever. Yeah, she was yeah exactly. Cherokee. Um, Cher's father was rarely home. When um, when she was an infant and her parents divorced when, gosh, when she was only 10 months old, yeah. her mother later married actor John Southall, with whom she had another daughter, uh, Georgianne, who was Cher's half, half-sister. Um, we tried to find any production that included John Southall and really became up empty-handed. Came up empty-handed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right? I, I tried my best. Right. Um, so let's. Just paint the picture now. It is now early 1950s, and Cher's family is now living in L.A. Um, from El Centro, which we've been through on uh-huh. our way to San Diego. And it's it's a farming community for yep. the most part. Um, Cher's mother began acting while working as a waitress. She changed her name to Georgia Holt and played minor roles in f- films and on television. She booked bit parts in the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, the old, I love Lucy show, the Lucy show. She also, <laughs> per- she also had appearances on the Merv Griffin show, the Mike Douglas show. Um, the last credit that I found <laughs> was in 2014 on RuPaul's drag race. Right. That's quite a resume. It is quite a resume. Okay. Um, Holt also secured acting parts for her daughters as extras on these TV shows. Okay. Like, you know, The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Yep. You don't know, that was one of the first family sitcoms, right? Yep. Her mother's relationship with South Hall ended when Cher was about nine years old, but she considered him her father. Okay. Holt remarried and divorced several more times, (laughs) and she moved her family around the country, including... New York, Texas, and California. They often had little money, and Cher recounted having 
had to use rubber bands to hold her shoes together. Wow. Well, it's okay. a little more yeah. of the misery. Uh, she didn't have an easy upbringing, let's just say. Yep. At one point, her mother left Sharon orf- in an orphanage for several weeks. Oh, my gosh. And although they met every day, they both found the experience to be traumatic. Of course. That's... But she left her there, but she would meet up with her every day? Okay. So she just really needed, I don't know, like, I don't want to say daycare, maybe she, but... Well, maybe she just didn't have the money to provide yeah, for her, exactly. you know, and yep. and thought, well, <clears throat> at least this orphanage would have, have... food and a place food to... Food and shelter. A and, place to sleep. Right. Right. Okay. And when she was in fifth grade, she produced a performance of the musical Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not even going to go. You're not going to no. jump in the song? No, no. Okay. For, for her teacher in class, she organized a group of girls directing and choreographing their uh, dance routines. And um, she was unable to convince boys to participate. So she acted the male roles and sang their songs. Good for her. Right. By the age of nine, she had developed an unusually low voice. And she was fascinated by fil- film stars. Film stars. Sorry. And her role model was Audrey Hepburn. Right. Who also had a deeper voice. And yeah. I think that um, I, I'm not a psychologist by any means, but. Definitely not. <laughs> but, but go ahead. Give us your. Uh, un- okay. Well, I, I had heard that women that are in, you know, in their 20s and 30s that have an unusually high voice usually had some kind of uh, trauma or something that they had to work through. So the fact that she had a deeper voice, and you 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 can hear that in her recordings and things like yeah. that, was she was she was well you know um, really yeah did you really hear that because that sounds yes. like bunk to me. Bunk. I'm telling you. Well, all right. Well, well then tell I might have to Doctor some... Drew. Oh, oh. <clears throat> wow, that's, he's a that's real doctor. Quite a source. Okay, <laughs> but um, I'm still floored about the Oklahoma. I didn't. I guess I didn't really read this as uh, I don't think thorough you did. as I should have. But that's impressive. Okay. She was so also inspired by Melina Dietrich, Betty Mar- Davis. Marlena. Yeah, Marlena oh, okay, Dietrich. Okay, you said it. Yeah. Betty Davis and and again Catherine Hepburn. Well, she, she was, was disappointed yeah. by the absence of dark-haired Hollywood actresses with whom she could kind of emulate. Right. Right. Exactly. She wanted to be famous since she was a child, but felt unattractive and untalented. Later, commenting, "Quote: I couldn't." think of anything that I could do. I didn't think I'd be a dancer or a singer. I just thought, well, I'll be famous. That was my goal. She said this in 1961. Wow. Cher's mom married, again, uh, bank manager Gilbert Lapierre, who adopted Cher. And so for a while, under the name Cheryl Lapierre, that's what Cher went by. And he also adopted Georgine and enrolled them in the Montclair College Preparatory School, which was a private school in Encino, whose students were students were mostly um, from affluent families. Uh, yes, yes. And that um, upper class environment presented a challenge for Cher. Uh, as the uh, biographer Connie Berman wrote that she stood out from the others in both her striking appearance and outgoing personality. And a former classmate commented, I'll never forget seeing Cher for the first time. She was so special. She was like a movie star right then and there. She said she was going to be a movie star, and we knew she would. 
thought that was really interesting. And, and despite not being an excellent student, Cher was intelligent um, and creative. According to Berman, she earned um, high school grades, excelling in French and English. And as an adult, she discovered that she had dyslexia. Wow. So that, of so course. So the fact that she that had good grades and she had dyslexia, dyslexia that's, that's impressive. That is impressive. So, yeah. Cher's unconventional behavior stood out. She performed songs for students during her lunch hours <laughs> and surprised peers that she wore a midriff top. Yeah, midriff bearing. Right. And Beanie. by the way, right yeah. now, that's all the young girls. They're doing oh, that now? Oh, my. Don't act like you don't see that. Right. Give me a break. Dropping off the kid at college? Lots. Uh, well, that's different. They don't, wear, they don't, don't even different. wear midriff. They wear They wear like bikini a bikini top as a top. And then a skirt or something like that. Yeah, that's it. That's crazy. There's no, there's no real shirts. It's a <clears> bikini <throat> top. Anyway, well, we, we are digressing. <laughs> Cher would later recall. I sound really I never, old by saying that. I know. I never really... <laughs> You, Sorry. Too, you too. Can don't I, act like you don't know Can this. I try and get yeah. through this? Cher would later recall, I never really enjoyed school. I was always thinking about what I would do when I would grow up mm-hmm. and be famous. Yep. <laughs> At the age of 16, Cher dropped out of school, left her mom's house, and moved to Los Angeles with a friend. She took acting classes and worked to support herself dancing in small clubs along Hollywood Sunset Strip. And introducing herself to performers, managers, and agents. According to Berman, Cher did not hesitate to approach anyone she thought who could help her with a break. She wanted to make contacts and she wanted to get auditions. Yep. Um, that sounds really similar to Sunny. Like really busting yeah, it hustling. up. Hustling. Hustling. Hustling to get to to their end goal. Hey. Which is pretty awesome. You know what? Fake it till you make it. Hustle the heck Hustle, out of it. Yeah. And you'll be successful yeah, in America. Yeah, that's good. Really? That's really good. Okay. Sherry met performer Sonny Bono in November of 1962 when he was working for a record producer, Phil Spector, who he mm, expounded on earlier. No need to add. <laughs> Cher's friend moved out and Cher accepted Sonny's offer to be his housekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Sonny introduced Cher to Spector, who used her as a backup singer for many recordings, including with the Ronettes. Oh, be, be My Baby. Be My Baby. That's a good one. That's a yes. big song. And the Righteous Brothers song. You've Lost You've That, lost loving, that feeling. loving Feeling. That's a really good one. Yeah. Spectre was all over it. He was, yeah. I mean, okay, let's... aside from him being a murderer, uh, right. he was just... he was a heck of a producer. He also produced her first single, Ringo, I Love You, which uh... Cher recorded under the name Bonnie Jo Mason. Realized that she had a different name because that's nuts, right? She was so proud of her name, but okay. Honey Joe Mason. The song was rejected by many radio station pro- pro- programmers, and they thought Cher's deep uh, vocals were man's. Uh, okay. So maybe it was better that it was under Bonnie Joe Mason. Well, and it right? was, I mean, again, she had a unique vocal sound. Sound. Absolutely. Yeah, which, which finally. Which I won't, you know, be a spoiler alert. It was, it's not really a spoiler alert. This is ancient history. Yeah, that now (laughs) it is, you know, like revered. Right. We'll just stop there. This is great. Yeah. Now let's discuss their life together. Sonny and Cher became close friends. Eventually they became lovers. Lovers. And performed their own unofficial wedding ceremony in a hotel room in Tijuana, Mexico on October 27th. 
1964. Although Sonny had wanted to launch Cher's solo career, she engaged him to perform with her because she was basically suffering from stage fright. So he began joining her on stage, kind of singing harmonies and singing background for her. But he really wanted to promote her as a single act because he knew he could see her talent. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, absolutely. Cher disguised her nervousness by looking at Sonny. She would later comment that she sang to the people through him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. In late 1964, they emerged as the duo Caesar and Cleo. Really? <laughs> yep. Releasing a poorly received single, <laughs> Do You Want to Dance? Maybe it was the name. And Love is Strange and Let the Good Times Roll. Okay. Cher signed with Liberty Records and through the Imperial imprint at the end of 1964, and Sonny became her producer. Okay. And the single Dream Baby was released under the name Sherilyn, mm-hmm. and it received airplay in L.A. Um, Imperial encouraged Cher to work with Sonny on her second solo single for the label. It was a cover of Bob Dylan's All I Really Want to Do, and it peaked at number 15 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in 1965. Yep. Um, Cher's debut album, All I Really Want to Do in 1965, reached number 16 on the Billboard 200, and it was later described by All Music's Tim Sendra as one of the stronger folk pop records in the era. That's pretty strong praise, right? I I like that. And uh, in the early 1965, or not the early, in early 1965, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I'm uh, okay. Caesar and Cleo began calling themselves, thank goodness, Sonny and Cher, which, in my opinion, is so much better than Caesar and Cleo. And following, oh, this is my favorite, the recording of I Got You, Babe, they traveled to England in July of 1965 at the Rolling Stones' advice. So she, Cher, recalled that they had told us the Americans just didn't get us. And if we were going to make it big, we were going to have to go to England. And so uh writer Sintra Wilson said English newspaper photographers showed up when Sonny and Cher were thrown <laughs> thrown out. This is hilarious. Right. They I were saw this out. on a, one of the uh what do you call it? Documentaries yeah. you saw. Yeah. They were go ahead. They were thrown out of that London Hilton because of their outfits, because you know they were pretty uh cheeky, we'll say. Uh yeah. Cheeky. They were out it's there. It's a nice way to say it. Is she the right? Sure. Yeah, we'll say that's fine. Sure. And literally overnight, they were stars because they were, they had so much publicity Yeah. from being thrown out of a hotel for their outfits. And you know how England is. I mean, they're they, the, the more proper back then too. Well, in publishing right? and in, in newspapers, everything mm. is a little more heightened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Over there. Well, they were super excited and went gaga uh, for Sunny and Cher's look. And, um, they were, they, they, they basically gave a lot of press to, I got you, babe. And it reached number one on the billboard hot 100, hot 100 chart. I got you, babe. Oh gosh. And became, according to all music's Bruce Eater, one of the biggest selling and most beloved pop rock hits in the mid sixties. That's true. Babe. I got, I got you, you, babe. babe. <laughs> I got you to wear my ring. <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, know this part. No. 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 It, that's not what we rehearsed. It was like 
I got you to hold me tight. I got you to kiss goodnight. Yes. Ah! <laughs> I got you, so don't let go. I got you to love me so. All right, that's enough. Then. All right, that's All right. enough. We will not, we cannot make our listeners <laughs> suffer through our this singing. This is suffering. This is not I bad. I need some water. My, my mouth is dry from all this exciting oh, singing. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, Rolling Stone listed it among <laughs> the 500 greatest songs of all time in 2003. Hold on, I got to hit my wife's Oh, back. my gosh. Go ahead. Rolling Stone listed it as one of the greatest songs of all time in 2003 and the song knocked the beatles off the top of the british charts what yes the beatles the actual beatles right english teenagers began to emulate sunny and Cher's fashion style such as bell bottoms striped oh, pants yes ruffled shirts like puffy shirts yeah <laughs> the puffy <laughs> i'm wearing the puffy shirt industrial zippers and fur vests i'm sure that, i'm assuming they were faux fur Upon... <laughs> who yes. knows who animal, knows though animal cruelty we can't do that. upon the return to the united states the duo made several appearances on teen pop showcases like hullabaloo and shindig with an exclamation point and <laughs> completed a tour that. shindig otherwise it's just shindig right but if you have an exclamation point it's that's shindig. Why, that's why i gave it a little extra punch like at the it. end and um they completed a tour of some of the largest arenas in the world and in the United States, specifically. Okay. The shows attracted share lookalikes, like people we right? talked about in the past. Cleopatra. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, well, the girl from there's, Friends. There's girls who would iron their hair straight, like mm -hmm. use an, like an iron mm -hmm. iron, mm -hmm. you know, an iron. clothing iron. Yeah. And then they would dye it uh, black. Yep. And then, of course, they wear these sweet vests and bell bottoms. <laughs> Sonny and Cher's first album had was called Look at Us, which was 1965, and it was released for Atco, Atco Records, Division of Atlantic, and um, it spent eight weeks at number two on the Billboard 200, and it was behind the Beatles again. Yeah, the Beatles Help, help just which right was behind a great, the Beatles, which was awesome. Great, great album. Yeah, and they said, you know, there's critics who des described Sonny and Cher as a part of the leading exponents of the rock folk message type of song. Oh, I like that. It's a hybrid combining the best in instrument instrumentation of rock music with folk lyric and often lyrics of protest word. Right. So Sonny Cher uh, charted 10 Billboard Top 40 singles between 1965 and 1972, including five top tens. I got you, babe. Baby, don't go. Uh, the beat goes on and the beat goes on do 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 and the beat goes on all i ever need is you and a cowboy's work is never done i don't think i know that one i don't either okay <laughs> and at one point they had five songs in the top 50 at the same time which is huge um the only people who have done that before is are the beatles again okay mm -hmm. and elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. A wanna, wanna, wanna. All right. I don't know what that was. I don't either. Together they sold. You might need to edit that out. You got a lot of editing to nah. do. Our singing, though, is not good. I Together. got us. I, I really pictured us as a as like doing a good singing this time, but. I think it's been fine. 
Mm. Okay, fine. Keep Together, going. they sold 40 million records worldwide. Cher mm. continued to release singles to keep her solo career going. Good for her. Meanwhile, Sunny was trying to get them in movie deals, which weren't really coming through, but all in all, they were doing gigs in Las Vegas and... Small gigs. Yeah, it turned into some smaller rooms. Eventually, yeah. Sunny would book them a TV show called The Sunny and Cher Comedy Hour. That's right. Which I watched. Again, I'm dating myself, but I watched that show. Admitting that you watched that show I might did. be why you have to date yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now you sound wow. like Cher. That was because, right. because oh my gosh, that on was the show, provoked, but yes. On the show. Yeah, she would like Sunny give, would, give him little digs. Sunny would be like this ne'er-do-well guy that was like dumb. And Cher had all the smart lines and she would knock him down every chance she got. He'd say something so like, that, well, so you know, something good? about, you know, getting it tonight. And she'd be like, not no, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think this is what we want. This is a family. It's fine. Podcast. It is a family podcast, okay. but nobody. Nobody's listening. Our, okay. our demo is not um, 12 demo, year olds. No, our demographic is not. <laughs> our demographic is our friends. And family. Anyway. So it's not a huge demo. <laughs> so I, what I wrote here was the okay, dynamic yes. with Sonny as the straight yes. man and quote unquote semi-idiot. While Cher would bite with her commentary and degrade him, making the audience laugh. Oh my God, that's what we should do. That's exactly what we do. That's great. I, I'm, we are the, the new. I'm the Sonny and you're the Cher. We are the new Sonny and Cher. Oh gosh. But we are not as rich. Eventually, they ended up divorcing <laughs> oh, in June. That's, that's a shame. That's June twenty sixth of nineteen seventy five. <laughs> they charted um, in the late sixties through the seventies. Um, I got you, babe. Again, number one for many weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. After the divorce, Cher married uh, Greg Altman from oh, the from the yeah. Altman brothers. Yeah, I know him. Uh, I mean, I don't literally know him, <laughs> but I know um, the story of them. Keep going. And that was very quick because she was, I really put blowing on the divorce papers to make sure the ink was dry. We know some people have done that. Uh, we do, unfortunately. <laughs> yep, dry. I'm ready. Dry ink, dry. I'm ready. She and Suddy had one child, <laughs> Chastity Bono. Who later became Chas. Chas, yep. And Cher had a... Child with Greg, Elijah Blue. Yes. Sonny's marriages oh, were to Donna Rankin from 54 to 62 before he met Cher. Then yeah. Cher, 64 to 1975. That's and then Mary Whitaker uh, from 1960, I'm sorry, 1986 till he died. Oh, uh, there's would have misery. I know. Sonny would have two more daughters, Christine and Gianna. Gianna. And two more and two boys. more boys. Chess. Chess Air and Sean. Go for it. And so that's another four kids, I think, with Mary. <laughs> yeah. And Sonny was later was frustrated with the politics of opening a restaurant in Palm Springs. So he ran for mayor and won. See, and he served four years from 1988 to 1992. As the mayor of Palm Springs. Yep. Correct. While mayor, he was instrumental in spearheading the creation of the Palm Springs International Film Festival. Pretty cool. Yep. Uh, which is held each year in, oh, in his memory. Bonus memory, yeah. 
Uh, he made a run for a California Senate seat, but he did not win. And um, but he did win a seat at the House of Representatives in 1994 until he passed away in 1998, which is really sad. It was a ski accident that he died. He did. He was in and Lake he was only Tahoe. 62. He was 62. That's and sad, sad, sad. From what I heard, and, and I, I don't want to get alleged, but oh, don't put. He, they were throwing, they were throwing a football back and forth. Yeah, and he hit a tree. No, no. Oh, that's true. I thought you were going to get something no. kind of like conspiracy. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Cher divorced Greg Allman in 1979 and never remarried. Yeah. She did, however, have a great resurgence in her career, creating 26 solo albums, which led to seven huge world tours, three residences cool. in Vegas, huge, multiple TV appearances, 20 movies where she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress Actress in Silkwood. Didn't win, but she was also nominated for Best Actress in Moonstruck and won. Yeah, she won. That's right. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing career. So I threw down some discussion points. Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to discuss anything. I think you need to. So I would think <gasps> that Cher would be one of these people that would have an EGOT. Do you know what an EGOT is? Emmy, Grammy, Grammy. Oscar, Tony. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Do, do, do. Well, she didn't, but she's close. She just okay. doesn't have the Tony. Um, oh, Broadway is a tough is a tough one. Has she been on Broadway? I don't think so. Okay, well, then she's not going to win a no, Tony. No, she's not so, going to win mean, one. You have to actually participate, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, there are quite a few people that have won EGOTs. Richard Rogers of Rogers and Hammerstein. Yeah. Fame. Helen Hayes, not too shabby. Right. Rita, Rita Moreno, Moreno. We love. We Hot love her. Spicy number. Audrey Hepburn. Classic. Love. Marvin Hamlish. Do you remember the entertainer? Da 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 Right? Mel Brooks. Whoopi Goldberg. Excellent. Jennifer Hudson. Excellent. And then there's this other guy, Robert Lopez. Who's he's a, composer, a composer, and he's best known maybe for the Book of Mormon. He's got a double EGOT. Yeah, so shout crazy. out to Ro Lopez. Yes. Rolo. Our Rolo. <gasps> I hate Rolo. Okay. So I threw down a couple of interesting facts. Okay. In 2011, Sonny Bono was introduced into the Michigan Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, baby. Yeah, I did not know there was a Michigan Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, where in is Detroit. it? I know, no, I know. No idea. No idea. But I mean, that's not really like as cool as the real rock and roll hall. Of course thing, not. Which is like. They no, just, but it's something. I mean, it's something. Okay, it's something. Okay. And since we, like Sonny, were born in the Detroit area, I uh -huh. wanted to name a few famous people that were born there. Okay. Francis Ford Coppola. Ford. Hello. Diana Godfather. Ross. Are you kidding me? I know. Francis Ford Coppola and you have to say Godfather like I don't know. Alice Cooper. My favorite movie in the world. Alice Cooper, who actually lives in Phoenix. In Arizona now. Yes, yeah. that's right. Tom Selleck, Smokey Robinson, Lizzo. Lizzo. It's about damn time. Do, in a minute, do, 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 I'm Anita. Okay, we're not going to do that. But I do love that song. I know like, you do. with a big L for love and Lizzo. Uh, Jerry uh, Bruckheimer, yeah, also Gilda Radner. Uh, Charles Lindbergh, going old school. Okay. Uh, ben Carson, Mr. Lily ben Carson. Tomlin. Oh, Robert Wagner? And Lee Majors. 
The six million dollar man. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I there was a lot more. I just listed the ones that I thought were interesting. So. Okay. So the last point here is the duo of Sonny and Cher has a star on the walk of fame Heck in Hollywood. Yeah. That's awesome. We saw she, it. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, she's also been selected for the honor as a solo artist in 1983, but forfeited her opportunity by declining to schedule the mandatory personal experience uh, appearance. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's even better. They have theirs together. That's, That's right. amazing. Uh, it's great. So I mean, um, it's a love and misery story. It it kind of is a love and a misery. lot of love. Yeah. And even you know, even when they were divorced and whatnot, they were. They still had love for each other, and you knew that, and they talked about each other. They were on a, I can't remember, remember the thing we saw? Documentary? Yeah, documentary. I keep forgetting the word. And they were <laughs> on together, and they sang, I Got You, Babe. And they had been, it was they the, were long divorced. It was the David Letterman show. And thank you. Thank you. And they were long divorced, <laughs> but they still, you know, they share a child. And you course. could tell and there was still long, something yeah, still, going on. There was still a little spark. Well, you know, they had love for each other. Of course. Just, you know, res they, love, respect, and shared, whatever. Shared experiences. and Yeah, else. so I think that's awesome. It is a really, really good story. And she was, I think she was quite devastated when he died. Especially the way that he passed, yeah. right? Yeah. So suddenly in uh, an accident. So that's anyway, the so there's the it. love. Lots of love. Lots of love. I think the love outweighs on this story. The love definitely outweighs the misery. But okay, it's still both. Yeah. All right. So now we're done. Yes. We'll continue our series next time yes. with a suggestion from our listeners. We would like you guys go to, our to go to page. our Facebook page and vote. Say, hey, I'd like blah, blah, blah. I'm going to post this episode. Yes. And I'll also post. Please listen. Who do you want? Who's the next one? Who's the next one? We want to do things that are popular. Yes. We don't necessarily want to do the historic ones. The because historic ones seem we tend, to be less popular. Well, we tend to butcher the names, too. I do, at least. Oh, I do, too. And so we <clears> want <throat> to really uh, provide our audience, our, list, our <laughs> loyal followers, right. with interesting people. And I'm sorry it's been a long time. It's been super crazy. Trying to get busy, back into it. And we got, so we're going to and work and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to get back into it. Right. And we look forward to your feedback and comments. And um, we'll please. see you next time. Yeah, please go on. Subscribe and rate. And, and tell people. Again, and... love and misery podcast at gmail.com. Facebook, you can find me under Clark Forte. Go for it. And Correct. we're on the Twitter at Forte Twitter. underscore Clark. Thank you for listening. I want to acknowledge real quick Wikipedia.com. Uh, grunge.com, which is a new one for us, and biography.com. Grunge.com. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah, I think I have to. Obviously, you can see who does the research of this duo. We know. <laughs> okay. And on that note, yes. Thank you for listening. Again, have a great week. And <laughs> bye. bye.